Hello and welcome to What Would Jesus Tech? My name is Andrew Noble. I am joined with Joel Jacob, joined with Joel Jacob by Joel Jacob. I'll figure out prepositions eventually. Um, we are excited to share with you today the future of AGI. It's going to be disembodied or embodied. It's going to have flesh and blood. And it's kind of been something we've talked about on episodes before, this idea that we thought that robotics were going to come first. Uh, as of like eight years ago, it was going to be self-driving cars. The robotics was going to be first on the scene. But then ChatGPT came into picture. Um, it, it made AI feel way more real. The, the software, the spirit seemed to be ahead of things. And then we were dealing with questions of, wait, is robotics going to catch up? And so now we're at this point in 2024 where it seems like the two are meshing together, that the mind, the AI, and the body, robotics, are starting to build new things, and they are starting to replicate more and more human functions. And so we need to think about this theologically, we need to think about this biblically, and we need to think about it um, in terms of how it affects our day-to-day -day life and how we experience life um, and even how we build technology too, because Joel, you're in the midst of this internet of things, um, which is an older concept. When did, when was that popular? That was like, what, five years ago? probably like 20, uh, 10, maybe 2012, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... It's, it's in that one. That was an old, you know, hype cycle. Yeah. And so that died. So that was, let's connect physical objects to the internet that was the internet of things and today we're dealing with embodied ai is perhaps what people are like oh strap chat gpt to a robot that'll be cool and that seems to be the phase now so maybe this is just another trend that we shouldn't get too excited about because it's going to pass away thoughts yeah so i i mean so like the iot one it's about 10 years old but actually now you're breaking through more widespread adoption. So I think what ends up happening is the hype, the new cycle precedes the actual widespread implementation. Um, but it's, it would have been really valuable to consider, you know, 10 years ago, what would happen if a lot of devices get connected and we have, we have ever more devices connected to the internet, just on mobile phones alone, right? It's like the amount is staggering. Doorbells, so cars, honestly, like yeah, you can start your car remotely. Things. You can do your your iPhone is connected to the internet, of course, but so are your keys now with like the little yeah, tag. And the security, the security implications it has of like uh, you know, other state actors hacking into your thermostat and all you know, these are like sci-fi things that like got discussed before, but um it we're in that state now. So I think what what really kind of occurred to me with this disembodied AGI. It was a hashtag I, I saw on X recently. Um, it was from this company called Sanctuary AI. And they had some people posting about, they saw a video of a robot moving and it was moving so fluidly. And then sounds like that's not autonomous. It's actually being piloted. And the CTO came out and said, yeah, it is piloted. And the reason we do that is actually not to post a demo video, but actually it's we get training data. And to your earlier point, what has happened with, you know, robotics and AI and, you know, some other things like AR is that these trends are coalescing at the same time. 
And it's interesting because even if you look at the previous industrial revolutions, we've had like, you know, we'll say steam and electricity. But in reality, it was not just one technology, but it was like a confluence of technologies that built up together that created this new platform, right? Mm -hmm. um, electricity is like, how do you get the technology to move current across the wires and all the to those type of things were needed to happen at the same time. So I think if you're looking and technology moves faster, so it may not take 10 years actually now to get to this point, it might take half as long because we keep moving faster. And yeah, so that's where I felt like this is a really important topic to kind of update everyone on. It's been a while and also have a newer point of view and perspective on it. Mm -hmm. um, and you just came yeah, from so CES as well, the Consumer Electronics Show. It's the biggest tech conference in the world. And you were seeing more and more robotics at that event that they were very proud to share, hey, our vacuum cleaner, it can talk to you now, <laughs> right? Like, like chat GPT <laughs> on wheels. Um, and, and that's kind of silly to make fun of, just like a lot of Internet of Things uh, stuff was silly to make fun of. But, but we are getting into this world where, um, yeah, physical chatbots, there's, this has been discussed um, before, like in the... Um, Age of AI by Jason Thacker, he talks about this and talks about sex robots as one application of this kind of thing that's going on. And so there's there's different ethical questions, um, but even just in terms of the technological development, you're seeing this at, at the conference that you went to. Yeah. And like, so at CES, it's also interesting. There's a unique trend. You'll see like pool cleaner robots, even like um, car valet robots. So it's like it just moves under your car. And yeah, that was wild. It picks up your car. Like it, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's strong around. enough. Anyways. So yeah, so I, I saw that there, a bunch of those things. But then also during that same week, and this is like the first week of the year where everyone's like, okay, what's cool? What's new? What's coming out this year that's going to change? You also have these other tech giants like Apple kind of try to co-opt the new cycle and they're like, hey, Vision Pro, Tim Cook posted on you know, Twitter X, he is like, Vision Pro is dropping February 2nd, pre-order is coming soon. So they're trying to take some of that excitement from CES. And mm -hmm. I think in our new world, yeah, you're seeing like these players disembody technology <laughs> announcements from CES. So that was really cool. And it's also relevant to, to this conversation um, because the... Vision Pro headset is pretty impressive. You know, we talked about it before. Um, it's really high fidelity. It's very high cost. And there's also some other kind of conflicts with tech players like YouTube and Spotify and even Meta are like, no, we're not going to run on your, on your platform. Mm -hmm. So there's like some conflicts there. So, yeah. So, yeah, we can get into a bit of that. And the Disney hollow tiles also. So, okay, just unpack the hollow tiles because I, I think they're interesting because it's one of those things that, okay, we're going to move into this world where people can strap on goggles and then they'll see either their physical world differently as Apple allows you to do with one of their Apple Vision functions. You can see through the goggles and add things to your physical surroundings, or you can make those goggles just like TV screens on your face. And so there's that functionality um, so that you're, you have massive 
visual field, a massive visual field. If you've ever been to one of those, it's like an arcade. <laughs> um, and it'll be interesting if these things grow with the advanced functionality, but you go to this augmented reality or sorry, virtual reality, VR, AR, augmented reality, virtual reality. What's the difference, Joel? Yeah, augmented, you can see pass through basically. So it's like there are elements that are projected onto your environment or projected into your eyes that look like they're on their environment. Um, that's augmented reality. And then VR, it's like it's fully virtual. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, yeah, to your, to your point with the uh, hollow tiles here, and I'll, I'll break this down. So I have uh, Meta's latest headset, which is like much cheaper <laughs> than Apple's, but I was testing it out, trying to stay up to date with what's going on. And I played a game and I got motion sickness because I was just like moving so fast in this game and my body wasn't actually moving. So literally there is like a natural reaction where my body's like, something's wrong. You know, you might've been poisoned is like the belief of what the instinct is. You need to throw up. So you get this feeling of nausea to like throw up this poison that you consumed because you're not seeing things right anymore hmm. and you can fight it and it actually just makes it worse. So you got to take off the headset. It's VR motion sickness and you kind of just like let, let that pass. And similar people have experienced this in cars. You know, you're looking at your screen and the vehicle is moving. There's a mismatch between your senses and your reality. Now, what's interesting with the hollow tiles that Lenny Snoot came out with, Lenny Smoot, uh, and he was one of the investor uh, inventors at this Disney research program. And it's a very thin set of small tiles on your floor that as you walk, it actually moves the opposite direction and you can stay stationary, but have the feeling of actually walking because your body is moving, you're putting pressure and it can adapt to all sorts of directions. So that now brings that gap closer from your senses, not matching your actual body and starts to address some of these concerns of like, you know, even like being on a Zoom call, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm behind my screen, you're behind your screen, we know we're in different places, but you slap on Meta's Codex, which Lex Friedman interviewed with Mark Zuckerberg and showed that. Um, and now it feels like you look really real, so that sense is there. And then you have touch with motors, robotics, and then you have like locomotion, you can even start adding smells and it really starts blurring the line between you being there physically and feeling like you're there physically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there's just this big confluence, like, yeah, the meta codec, there was a, a, a leak that someone looked into the latest firmware and actually said like codecs here. So people don't know how long it's going to come out, but that will come out soon. Hmm. And then, um, there's also, yeah, like if you could feel everything and then kind of create this robotic version of yourself that could actually do things on the physical world, then like, yeah, you, you we could interact and feel everything with each other, but actually not be there and both of us be at home. And yeah, this is in like Ready Player One movies and all of these things. Yeah, they're just coming. They're coming to a point where it's shockingly near. And I think we need to rehash some of those conversations around like yeah like does it can we meet remotely for church 
um even if like it feels very real mm -hmm. and and yeah what does the bible have to say about that yeah and some of these conversations with the church when are fresh out of the pandemic um jy kim an analog church he 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 wrote that book and then literally the book came out in april 2020 so he like wrote a book about how important it is to be analog as a church rather than digital mm. like be in person and then the pandemic happens and he's like trying to talk about this book on the podcast being like yeah it's kind of complicated <laughs> great timing um but like yeah the bible has a ton to say about this kind of thing um i think one of the unfortunate things that has happened and I don't know, North, North American evangelicalism, whatever you want to call it, is we have underestimated the importance of uh, physicality. And we just, we like, when's the last time you heard a sermon from the Gospels? You're hearing about, like, if you go through a sermon series on Jesus healing someone, um, or then he's preaching, and then he's teaching, and then he's talking to the Sadducees, then he's flipping tables, then he's Sermon on the Mount, like uh, there's all these things, but a lot of what happens in the gospel is him healing, him him giving people their senses back, their eyesight, mm. um, their ability to walk, their physicality being restored. And this is a broader theme. So when Isaiah was called to do his job, you know, he, he said, here I am, God, like, send me, I'll go. We, we teach that one, but we don't continue that passage further and find out what he was actually told by God to say. Do you know what he was told to say, Joel? I know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We all know the, the first part of Isaiah, right? It's like, here, here I, I am, am. here I am, me. send yeah. me. Okay, then what, what, did he, what was he tasked with saying? Well, he was tasked with basically condemning um, people and to tell them that you will be, you will have eyes, but you will not see. You will have ears, but you will not hear. You will, you will lack your sensory functions. This is the condemnation, the judgment of God played out in Scripture. One of the primary ways that you see judgment in Scripture is a lack of sensory function. And the redemption right. brought by Christ is the restoring of our original humanity. That's why Christ goes onto the ground and picks up the dirt, just like he did in creating Adam, he does it again in the renewal of, of man. So that, that only speaks to the importance of physicality, the importance of the material world, um, the importance hmm. of this kind of thing. It doesn't answer some of the other theological questions though. Yeah. Like the, I, I don't know if his disciples or people there are saying like, who sinned this man or his family that he you know had lost his sense so I, yeah, that's, that's an interesting perspective to understand around like how valuable God puts on our physical senses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you could say that building technology that incorporates the physical t senses um, is a deeply human thing to do, right? Like it's, it's. Hmm. It's anthropologically accurate. It's a, it is true to who we were meant to be. Um, but we need to, and so therefore we need to think about this. Like we, we talked about Andy Crouch's book. Um, it was almost more than a year ago now. And he says that flir fully flourishing human persons, um, they, they are heart, soul, mind, strength complexes designed for love. 
And he, he in particular speaks about the development of persons that we develop our heart, we develop our soul, we develop our mind, develop our strength. And so it, technology can act as a superpower. He talks about the airplane. It's a superpower to fly in the sky. Like literally, when you think about a superpower, flying is one of them. It's like magic. But to do so, we give up our essential human strength. We diminish our capacity for movement. We atrophy our muscles. And so we need to think about developing as full persons thinking about we're a body soul complex compound together this is in the christian tradition they these two things are actually joined into one being we are as beings as human beings we are both body and soul we're not our true sense is not the immaterial aspect of us and then we're also body like we also add on body on top like we're not a mm-hmm. you know we're not brains on sticks we're not souls and then attached to us is this body, and then we could switch out our bodies. No, 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 no. That leads to problems with transgenderism. That leads to problems with um, gender dysphoria. Like, like, no, 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 your physical body is very important, and it is who you are. It's not separate from who you are. Um, right. So this is, this is really big... Um, there's a book, the, both the author and the name of the book is escaping me, but I'll come back to it later. It's just a very helpful book that talks about um, the value of our body, what God has to say about our bodies. Um, I think it was through Crossway, but. Very interesting. Okay. So I think, you know, what what I'm not wrestling with, but trying to think through is, will we go into another kind of pandemic style era where churches are calling for people to not have their robot proxies that look like them go into church, but actually be there in person. And I think, you know, it was pretty easy for people to be like, yeah, Zoom screen sitting at home is not the same. Um, So even if they didn't kind of understand the theological difference, they could understand like, yeah, it, it felt different, right? Um, but now if you can go there and your senses are kind of relayed to you through technology, whether it's vision or, you know, sense and, and touch. Um, and then also we get to a point where the robot can replicate that to other people. So other people don't really know. I'm sure there's going to be some tells to be like, yeah, okay, this is not human. Um, this is like your proxy, at least for the first time. Um, what what is it about your spirit that kind of i guess prevents that from passing the bar of like this is a biblical standard right there's or is that even a, like the right assumption to kind of come at it no no i you're asking good questions um like and and so you have that passage in second john you know though i have much to write to you i not, I'm not going to write anymore. It's it's Second John. There's no chapters in it. It's only 14 verses. I long to see you face to face so that our joy may be complete. So there's something about joy that is fundamental to who we are as persons. And that can only be complete when we are together with other human persons. This is why God says about Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. He He needs to have embodied relationships. Um, and so we we that really is important now can we recreate that um sure 
can we send letters that in some way re reimagines what it means to communicate face to face by sending a letter well yeah of course we can send letters that technology is seen as very good um in scripture obviously we have scriptures um and like we're going on this trajectory there's there's this huge breaking point in the development of technology where with um the telegraph and the radio we had for the first time communication that was not restricted to human movement or to any physical object like even though i know there's physical underpinnings to the radio obviously but like you could sit in a room and just close your eyes and hear winston churchill that's huge that that transition was huge and there was questions even at that time and the uh, basically, there was there was Christians at the time saying we shouldn't use the radio, we shouldn't use television. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't listen to a sermon over the radio. You have to listen in person because it doesn't work otherwise. You know, <laughs> something right, like that. Right, and it it comes back to this: Who are we? If we're heart, soul, mind, strength complexes designed for love, are we going to develop our strength in the same way when we're disembodied? Well, no. <clears throat> you know, like even this the. The, as the technology advances and maybe it's easier to to walk more naturally i saw the video of the guy walking and it's like oh he's kind of he's kind of like sliding his feet more than truly walking yeah. like it was not a normal gait i took a kinesiology no. degree can, can. i learned this in fourth year <laughs> i forget much of it but that is not a normal way to walk <laughs> straight up that that was very unnatural so so yeah, and who knows if he walked like that for two hours? I bet he'd that's, have some yeah, problems. That's, that's just his. That's just his walking style, you know. Yeah. That's his style. Well, and this okay. is the thing we need to we need to question if we're rede redeveloping like Jesus. He restored sight. He did not add a third eyeball. He did not give mm -hmm. super speed. He he was not a bestower of superpower. He was a restorer of nature. Um there's a uh, something in the grace uh in the uh Calvinist tradition that talks about grace restores nature. Um and it, like just take a second to think about that sentence. Grace restores nature. Um that's there there's something in the garden now it had potential latent potentiality. I used to attribute that to Derek Sherman, but I've read a book that used it that was written before he wrote. <laughs> so it looks like they called, they called it latent active potentiality. Um, anyways, it's, it's always funny when you cite someone and then you find out that they were leveraging someone else that they probably cite in the appropriately too, but it's just anyways. So you have this latent active potentiality in creation god creates it it exists it has all of this stuff that can develop into a city um and the fall happens we and then cursed is the ground because of you that like there's a problem now with physicality with material and so grace god's common grace to all people is active in the world right now enabling us to to live and breathe and move and have our being and to kind of try to do it over again, try to recreate what was intended in the garden. Uh, we know that God wanted us to do this because after the flood, the same command that God gave to Adam and Eve, he gives to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. It's repeated in Genesis 6 in the exact same way that um, God gave to Adam and Eve. So there is this, this 
active potential latent potentiality that we are to develop and yet it needs to restore according to how grace works it needs to restore humanity so i'm i love the idea of using ai and robotics for people who are amputees or people who lack eyesight or people who have cancer like let's let's direct technology towards that and yeah and this disembodied when people cannot connect in person for worship like there are a lot of people that aren't able to experience church on a mm. sunday morning yeah. because of their physical ailments now sometimes there are excuses made that i'm sorry get to church get your butt in a pew on sunday morning like like there are some people who use too many excuses to stay at home um i was even just at a our members meeting, we're at a Baptist church and there was a person there in a wheelchair and he was able to make it there and someone helped him from the car and everything. And like, I just was like, man, good for him to, to still right. yeah, make yeah. it in person, even we though he could say, about, yeah. you know, I'm recovering from a stroke. I can't make it, you know? And it's, and it's like, wow, he still did that. Now I'm not, I'm not, a, every situation is particular, but I, I, again, we're like scratching the surface here. I'm not like, I am saying okay, it's so, good to develop technology to the restore nature. I'm very cautious about superpowers that don't develop our heart, don't develop our mind, don't develop our strength. Like there is a compassion that can exist in a different way when it's not mediated by tech and we see each other face okay, to face. Well, let me, let me, I guess, ask a, a, another way, the same sort of thing about like, if we get to a point of technology where we feel like, you know, you have this disembodied avatar and you can feel in everything that he or she does, right? What makes that not acceptable to, to kind of replace you going to church? And I think, you know, specifically for going to church, I think like you said, like there's going to be scenarios where it does make sense and like there's all these type of things. But like, what do you think people will say? What will be the mainstream kind of like opinion, mainstream, the church opinion? You know, yeah. I guess, I guess, fundamentally, the definition of a church. Jonathan Lehman wrote a book called One Assembly. The word assembly is important. It's like the word for church is ecclesia. So whenever you see the word church in the New Testament, it's often ecclesia. Now, there's one time in the Book of Acts, I think it's Acts 18 or something, where it doesn't translate ecclesia in the Greek to church it actually uses the word assembly because it's a bunch of politicians and people getting together to decide what to do with these crazy christians and so they they assembled together they ecclesiaed um and so an ecclesia a church is a gathering of believers um now this is a really important concept um in defense of gathering together in person and why I would say, no, you cannot have online church. What, what does that mean? An online gathering, an online assembly? You're not, you're not assembling together. So if your avatars are assembling, like we already have av avatars on Facebook, avatars on, you know, no matter how much those avatars resemble your likeness, they are not you. You are not disembodied you are embodied you are not separate from your physicality you are your physicality you do not have a body you are a body to put it in 
more straight terms. Yeah. Now, like, I want to, like, the Christian tradition teaches that the body is a composite, uh, an inseparable composite of body and soul. It gets complicated when we die, and then there's like, wait, do we exist temporarily? And then we got to right, get into right. First Corinthians 15 that talks about our new bodies in the heavens. But let's just, on earth, go into church. What's the question? It's our it's our bodies, and our bodies need to be assembled. That's why you can't do church online. That's that's like a a short way. One argument back, like let's say you're trying to debate me, and you're like, but doesn't the church mean every like Christian, is, aren't we supposed to believe that the church is a people? Isn't that the way the New Testament uses the word church as a people? And I would say back to that, well, the Bible uses the word church in the same way that we might think about a basketball team. So the Toronto Raptors, they are a team right now on January 25th. They are a team. They, they aren't playing a basketball game right now, but they are a team, right? If they hmm. were not ever together on a basketball court playing basketball as together alongside each other with the same jerseys, et cetera, et cetera, then we, if they never did that, then we would say, oh, you're not a team anymore. So you're only a team insofar as you actually do the team actions of gathering together and playing the sport that you play. For Christians, that's taking communion. That's hearing the word, word of God preached. That's that's what it means to do the church things. You can look up um, the New City Catechism and see how they're de they define the church. You can look up yeah. older catechisms and see how they define church. You you gather together and you um, you you hear the preached word and you do the sacraments. Like you can't you can't take yeah. I think, break I the think, bread. Yeah. You can't Even... break the bread online. Like you literally yeah. can't yeah. distribute the bread online. Yeah. I mean, and even if you had like your avatar in there in person, like you couldn't t teleport the bread to you. No. You know, it's like, that's a whole other technology. And I don't know that we'll actually and get that to that And that would be one. impossible. Um, I believe that God has created the world in such a way that teleportation would be impossible. Like it just, it just, you heard it, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it would, it would be impossible. You would no longer have a being. You could replicate and then disintegrate the original right but not yeah, yeah, teleport yeah, yeah. all those right you you could deliver something really really quick but that's different so yeah you could send yeah you could synthesize like new bread on one end if you could create you know like from the chemicals and stuff but it's not the exact same atoms right that are moving through time and space exactly oh i mean you're getting really really into the well this is geeky side this is a it. question yeah. of how does time work like how do you know right now that you're experiencing time. Yeah. Anyways, well, well I'll, I'll leave the philosophical <laughs> questions for a future episode, but leave it, leave it for the Patreon. Yeah. But yeah. Body and soul. We need to restore human nature, live in light of the grace that God does and see the value of our, our, like we need to taste and see the Lord is good. We need to eat of the bread. Um, so there's, there's the, yeah. there's that just, just a fundamental yeah. reality. So I think, I don't know, let me know if you, you disagree with this. I think if you ask this statement, you know, what would Jesus tech? I think, you know, he would use these technologies, but he wouldn't say like, well, okay, completely replace, you know, nature, right? Like he used a boat to go from one side to another. Mm -hmm. um, so he would use the technologies for the right application. 
Um, but he would clearly say, Hey, like in these situations, like there is something else that you're missing and you can't, you know, replicate it. It's like not the true experience that I've designed. Yeah. And I think we're already living in a disembodied age where so much communication happens on the internet and we're seeing the effects of that. We're seeing the loneliness in conjunction with the way in which we live more on cell phones than in person. And so I think we really do need to take stock of our lives right now and start considering what we do with our lives now. Like as an example, where you live is a spiritual question. Like the house you choose to live in is a spiritual question. It's not like, oh, I go to church on Sunday. Oh, and I'm going to like maybe move and I'll decide where I live based around all these factors that are unrelated from church. Like that doesn't compute in a Christian worldview. So, so yeah, no, what would Jesus tech? He absolutely would use technology and he would extend um, the good of humanity and the goods that humanity can do. And I think we are supposed to develop tech further. Um, so if you're working in robotics, like keep working hard, but keep your worldview with you um, day to day and, hmm. and talk about it with other people to, uh, figure out the details of how you should build it. Very cool. Well, I feel, I feel informed. I think it was actually something that was bumping around in the back of my mind, seeing all these things and be like, ah, oh, this is coming in. I haven't had the chance to unpack it. So hopefully others listening to this, you know, were, were blessed by going through that thought process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing you could do after this episode is turning your Bibles to First Corinthians 15 and read it all the way through um, and just see how important it is to Paul that Christ was raised physically, not just spiritually. It's a really big deal for Paul. It should be a really big deal for us. And uh, we need to live in light of the truth that we, we worship not a philosopher, we worship not a disembodied spirit, but we worship Jesus Christ, the God-man. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to our episode on this, I don't know, disembodied AI, AGI, who knows the future, what's, what it's going to lead to, but uh, we hope you have learned along with us. Um, and yeah, feel free to support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash WWJT. Um, there are a growing number of you and you can support us even at like a buck 50 a month or whatever. And you get access to some of the bonus episodes that we do, uh, every once in a while. So thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, we encourage you to continue using tech, finding rest and glorifying God. Take care.